Welcome to the Soul Health Mentor Podcast with Nadia Kraus. Learn how to move your awareness out of your mind and into your heart so you can embody your divinity, experience joyous peace of mind, and create your most vibrant life by opening to receive your soul's sacred medicine. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Soul Health Mentor. In this week's episode, I am just, I'm always excited, I'm always delighted, but this week is really special because I get to talk to Mina Rucci, who also works in the Akashic Records. So we have that in common, and we also have in common that we've experienced how transformational working in the records is. And what I love about Mina is that she has her story to tell how she discovered the records, how it changed her life. And I love to talk about these stories because they highlight that it's absolutely possible to get out of our heads and come into our heart to create a life that is worth living. Welcome, Mina. It's so wonderful to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I feel the same. I feel the same. I always joke when when I work with clients and in the records or when I speak with people and I ask about the Akashic records, I always joke and say, you know, you're going to find a whole lot of different Akashic Records practitioners and they're all going to have their style. And it's a little bit like yoga. It's everybody's different. Would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's actually so fascinating how everyone I've come across who works with the records has their own like style and flair of how they connect, how they perceive them. And I just think it's amazing. And I think it's a testament to how vast and mysterious and magnificent the records are, that it can kind of come through people so uniquely each time. (laughs) Yes. Do you find that people will ask you, um, Mina, okay, I I know you work, you do this work where you help people um, find purpose, and you mentioned the Akashic Records. But what are the Akashic Records? Do people outright ask you? Yeah, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you say? Yeah, I'd love to be able to describe them as I perceive them. So the Akashic Records are, to me, the subtle energetic imprint of everything that's ever happened, everything that is currently happening, and everything that could possibly happen in the future. And that can be a little bit vague and like hard to grasp. So the way that I like to imagine it is if you could picture an invisible library in space that has books on every subject you could imagine, including you or your own essence. In an Akashic Record reading, it's as though we are checking out this book of you and you have the opportunity to ask questions and receive insight from this elevated perspective. Oh, I love that. My heart, (laughs) my heart is smiling. (laughs) I love how you explained that. That is so beautiful to hear. How did you discover the Akashic Records? What's the story behind you discovering the Akashic Records? Um, Well, I had always been curious as to what my purpose was. And 
so ever since I was a kid, I just like had this wondering of like, why am I here? <laughs> what is my purpose? So I had kind of like an, like a decade long or more existential crisis. <laughs> and uh, I did all kinds of things to try to figure out what my purpose was. And it was kind of like a game I played with myself of like, maybe this book will tell me or this other self-help thing or this type of meditation or astrology or whatever. And so I kind of stumbled upon the Akashic Records a couple years ago. And I just thought the same thing. I didn't really know what they were. And I like, I think it was conveyed like, oh, they can help you find your purpose. If you have big existential questions, you can ask them to the records and get insight. And I was like, I don't know what that even means. Like, how do you get an answer from the records? So, but I saw this class and I thought it would be interesting. So I took the course and I was not expecting it to work or be real at all. So I was so mind blown when it actually did give me deep insight into my purpose. <laughs> I love that story. Yes, it is so, so true. And I love that you shared how you came to work with the records. And I can relate to when you say you use the word purpose, you know, what is my purpose? I was searching for my purpose. And on my end, it was, I knew that I had spiritual gifts, like that was just an intrinsic, like I have talents, I have abilities. And I want to be able to use these gifts that I have. And it drove me to just trying out, just like you said, all these different books and all these different avenues to figure out how do I, it is the same thing. Would you, would you, would you say we use our gifts to also fulfill our purpose? I think so. When I did find the records, I was <laughs> initially using them. This is, I always say it's so embarrassing to say this now, but I was using the Akashic Records almost like a job search engine. So I was asking about all the different possibilities of different jobs I was like trying to apply for. Mm -hmm. And uh, one day in the records, I, I asked the question, what are the possibilities of my artistic career because the title of the job I was like applying for was technical artist. But instead of artist, I accidentally said Akashic. So I said on accident, what are the possibilities of my Akashic career? And it was the most like profound and like cheesy cinematic moment I've ever experienced in my real life because what I felt and experienced through the records was it was like the sky opened up and all that was pouring in like through the clouds was this like beautiful, radiant white light. Mm -hmm. And it just filled up the whole space of the records and it felt like it was surrounding me and I could feel it. I could feel it in my being, how vibrant and beautiful that potential was. Mm -hmm. And as I was soaking it in, I heard the records say, we've been waiting for you to ask <laughs> no, I <love laughs> because it. I was asking the wrong questions. So when I finally asked an exquisite question, I got an exquisite, powerful answer. <laughs> yes. And oh, I can, I can so relate. 
that you said possibility because it's this divine potential that lives in you that wants to be expressed right yeah yeah and 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 I love hearing your words and how you experienced it and I I can relate to what you describe and I have different words for it but I I think we're talking about the same thing so would it be okay if I tell you a little bit about how I discovered the yes. records? I'm so curious, please. <laughs> Go ahead. So for me, it was, I can relate to how you were saying it was struggle and pain and, and wanting answers. I can relate to that, but I came at it differently. So I had parents, I was growing up in a, in a family of spiritual seekers. And it was my, my dad was born Catholic. My mom was born Muslim and is from South Africa and was born into the Indian Muslim culture. And my dad, German Catholic. And then everybody just ended up being a spiritual seeker because it, it was it was fluid. Religion wasn't important as such. Organized religion wasn't important. So I was introduced to the law of attraction at age 11. I was introduced to the universal law of cause and effect. And my parents would talk about positive thinking. And I'm 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. And I'm watching my parents and I'm like, okay, they're the most positive people I know. They are always cheering me on to manifest whatever I want. So why are they always struggling? Why is there always money drama and relationship drama? What's up with that? And I started asking, you said, when you ask a quiz of, um, good questions, mm -hmm. get good answers. And you said you were using the Akashic Records like a job search. I always reference the Akashic Records like a Google search engine. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like <you> spiritual Google. <laughs> if you don't ask good questions, you're not going to get good answers. And the questions I would ask in reference to what I was witnessing in my parents were very simple. It was like, what is happening here? Why are they so positive and wonderful and are never getting what they want, never manifesting what they want? Why are they not man manifesting what they want? And how can I do a better job? And I would do that regularly. And what I didn't realize is that I, as a teenager, I was open to receiving higher vantage point views and I started opening my records through my heart and I started doing that all my life and whenever I came to a challenge I would ask these three questions what is happening here why is it happening and how can I do a better job of course correcting and I only consciously knew that I was accessing the records at age 39. Wow. Oh my goodness. What like intuitive, like beauty in that to just know those three questions can be like a powerful guide back to clarity and heart centeredness. Yes. And That's what amazing. you, what you described with the sky opening, I can relate to that because it, it was as if those heartfelt questions would open this portal and I would get this energy download of information, like not answers yet because it's divinity and then you kind of have to translate it into humanity. And then yeah. I would find the perfect books that would translate the energy download and I would start understanding the patterns of my parents. 
That's amazing that it just led you to the right thing. I always say that bookstores, especially used bookstores, I'm like, those, that's my church. Because <laughs> I feel like so much magic can be found if like, yeah, and I feel like I can relate to just being led to the right book at the right time. That's, I love that. <laughs> so you had this moment, this hallelujah moment, angels singing, and, yes. and, and then you asked this question by mistake as such, but it was meant to be, it was, it was, for you know, sure. what, what's meant for you cannot pass you by. And then um, the Akashic guides and masters, teachers, and loved ones, they let you know, oh, we're so glad you, you asked this question. What happened after that? So after that came like a deep sense of relief, but also a lot of like fear because up until then I had been in school. I found the records soon after I graduated with my second degree. So I had been on a specific path my entire life, basically. And I knew while I was in there, I just couldn't admit it that I didn't really want to do it. I was very burnt out and I was stressed out and my health was terrible there. I had so many health problems. And in spite of all that, like I kept going down that path because I just couldn't admit that I didn't really want to do it because I didn't know that there was anything else. I didn't think there was another option. So it felt like I just couldn't give that up. So when I found this like alternative pathway, this new possibility through the Akashic Records, it felt like such a relief, like, oh my goodness, finally, I can just say to myself what I've known for a while, <laughs> that I don't want to do this work that I've been studying to do. Mm -hmm. And like, thank goodness, something else is available for me that doesn't look like this. And so after that, became like a slow process of transitioning out of what I was doing and uh, telling my family that, hey, I just graduated, but uh, fun news, I'm not going to get a job in that industry like we all planned. And instead, I'm going to do this thing called Akashic Record Reading. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that was uh, stressful and scary on its own. And then after that, like for the next you know, ever since really, but like for the next like year or so, it was just intense practicing, practicing, cultivating the skills to read the records with clarity and learning how to read for other people mm -hmm. and doing a lot of my own like inner work through the records. And later I found meditation too. So using those two tools to kind of just clear up a lot of the issues that I had been experiencing up until that point. So it was kind of like deep, intense work. So once I found the records and felt like I was connected to my purpose, that's when the real work began. I love that you shared that story because while you were the one walking it and you're on the other side of it, it is really important to highlight that it takes so much courage to follow your heart. And it's the reason I use the tagline for this podcast, where I say out of your mind and into your heart, because literally people could have gone like, are you out of your mind studying, getting a college degree and now following your heart to read the records? Yeah, yeah, and it 
it and was we did it. <laughs> yes <laughs> and it was difficult like every day almost it felt like I was deciding my future it felt like I was at that crossroads of do I keep going down this path that I've been on for like 20 years <laughs> and do I do that because I know that it will lead to a sense of security but also just misery yeah. or do I take this huge risk and do this thing that I just learned about and to try to build a life around this work and through this work and around what feels good and that was so foreign to me because no one in my life modeled that mm -hmm. so yeah the people closest to me were like I think you should just get a job like that's great this is a cool hobby but you should get a job like this is never gonna work like you know you need some stability and it was all they were all like worried for my security and well-being but I was like I you don't understand how deeply this is killing my spirit <laughs> to do this mm -hmm. to do this like work that like the school work the traditional path I'd been on so I was like I can't so as much as I was saying like I was at a crossroads it kind of felt like the choices were die inside or live yes. so when the when those are the options it's not really a difficult choice so it does take courage and it takes patience too and consistency I think to show up every day you know for the life that you are choosing consciously but for me it was a it was difficult work but it was an easy choice because the other option felt so miserable. <laughs> yes, yes, you said that beautifully. It's the choice between, okay, am I going to die a little more every single day? Or yeah. am I going to start living up to my purpose and up to my joy? And it is something that isn't easy, I agree. And it is something that you did because you could feel inside that you didn't have much of a choice because dying a little more every day that's not a really great choice right yeah I just hope you know that it's really inspiring for the listeners to hear stories like this stories of self-empowerment and really the word sovereignty so I'm originally from Germany and I translate words and I didn't couldn't quite get how people were using the word sovereign in in English so I started you know, Googling the definition and it says self-governing. I'm like, okay, all right, self-governing. And leading our lives being self-governed, I think is is really a a way of life that makes us happy. What what do you think about the word like sovereignty? I think the word that I probably gravitate towards is conscious choice like conscious are you choice. Yeah. yeah but it sounds super similar I love how we talk about all the same themes but use different words <laughs> it's so great but yeah I think the first step to like living a life you really love is to be aware of what your options are mm -hmm. what are you choosing every day to do because the reality is like I was miserable before, but no one was doing that to me. I was choosing it by what I was deciding every day to do with my time and energy. 
So I had created, I had gone down that path for a really long time, not because anyone was really forcing me, but because that's what I was choosing to do. And it was only through like recognizing, becoming aware of the role I played in that, how I was governing myself. It was a bit of like a, I don't know, dictatorship was the way that I was ruling myself. But yeah, it was through finding another option through the records and and being able to witness that I was making myself miserable. And maybe if I can make myself miserable, maybe I can stop doing that too. And maybe I can find another way to be with myself and be with life instead. You're absolutely right. I love how you put that. And I and I also appreciate that we can dance this dance together and we can, we were talking about the same thing, but using different words. And in that way, if you imagine the Akashic Records as our soul's library and all the possible choices are in that library and then obviously a choice has a consequence. And so if I make that choice, if I choose the security of a job, and a secure paycheck, then the consequence of that joy, um, choice is, okay, I'm just going to die a little more every day because I'm getting really depressed doing this job. And then if I choose, okay, I'm going to follow the records in the sense of the healing, the transformation, and I'm going to open up to the mystery of possibly leading this fulfilled life. It, it, it is definitely, you are absolutely right, self-governing a life, leading a life in self government as such takes conscious choice and feeling like you can create your life and this is the part I'll be really honest and transparent I think a lot of humanity a lot of people has big problems with being responsible for their own choices and working in the records you kind of have to be willing to look at your own choices. Would you agree? Yes. And it's not for everybody, not at every moment in time. Like you do, there, there is like a requisite willingness to be able to, to wish to see clearly, you know, to look at your life honestly and, and be able to claim and recognize what am I doing to myself? How am I contributing to the situation I'm experiencing? To wish to see clearly, how am I contributing? How do clients find you? In what situation do they find themselves that they are willing to work with you? Um, that is a good question. I've, I've worked with people in different scenarios. And many of the people who gravitate towards my work are in a transition period in their life. So they're leaving a job or I've just left a job or they're about to have a baby or they're going to college or they are retiring or have just retired. And all the thing that all of these different, very different points in life have in common is that there is a shift in how you see your own purpose mm -hmm. at these different crossroads, at these different transition points. So the number one question that people ask whenever I open their records is, what is my purpose? Why am I here? And that's my favorite question to dive into. So it's really 
yeah, they come to me whenever either they've never known what their purpose is and what their gifts are, or they know that something in their life is changing their role, the role that they're playing is shifting somehow, and they want to connect to it more deeply. Yes. Did that answer your question? Oh, <laughs> that makes so much sense. That makes so much sense that at these transitional spaces, the, the question of it, it's that vacuum, vacuum, it's, it's that emptiness where something that was no longer is, but all of a sudden is so what is my purpose that that makes so much sense. And, and I really appreciate so much how you explain this, because it's very, when when I hear you explain how you work with the records, honestly, the, the energy that I feel is, it's very nourishing. Mm. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's very nourishing. And I think that's really another thing that society at large is not used to anymore. You had shared a little bit that you had led this life 20 years, you know, following the path that everybody else before you was, was going, but you weren't very happy and you were in pain and you had maybe even like not so great thoughts about life, not really wanting to live. Like we, I think we can all yeah. relate to that. And, but nobody talks about it. So society at large has these structures and systems that, that completely deplete us. We, we get run dry. Did you feel that when you were hitting your, I call it rock bottom, um, hitting my rock bottom is when I started realizing that I need to use the records in a new way, in a not the way that I used it as a teenager, but in a new way. And so I can relate to these transitional spaces that, that you described. What is the purpose now? How can I work with the records now? But I did, yeah. even though I knew, this is also our humanity. You know a lot, I knew a lot from my parents. Um, I, I knew about things like the law of attraction and manifesting, and I always believed in using my gifts and talents to manifest more of what I want. But at 35, I hit rock bottom. I really did. And it's when I started to work with the records in a new way, and I still had to deal with the systems and structures of our society. And I find them very, very depleting. What do you say? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think that it was kind of running me dry and it was, it was hard to be on that path and to not be cut out for it. I think some people thrive in those spaces and I really didn't, nothing about like going to school, going to college, getting a job, none of that came naturally to me. Mm -hmm. And so what I had to do to keep up, because that was just the standard, that's just the default way of life, at least in the world and the part of the world and the culture I'm in, it's like, yeah, you go to school, you do well. If you're lucky, you go to college. And I was, so that was never a question of whether or not I would go to college. It was more like, how good of a college can you get into? And then it's like you study and maybe you get another degree. And then you get a job and then you're just there. And 
I didn't really know what happened after that. That was the end goal was getting a job that pays well. Mm. And yeah, none of that really came easily to me. So I had to work really, really hard. And I remember like as a kid, I some of my earliest memories <laughs> of life were feeling scared and anxious. And that like anxiety was just a constant companion. I just came into the world with some level of anxiety, I think, and it just got worse and worse over time. And so anxiety coupled with that natural wondering of why I'm here led to a sense of urgency in me of like, oh my gosh, I need to figure out what I'm doing with my life so I don't waste any time. Mm -hmm. And as I got older and went to college, my anxiety got a lot worse. And it was, but it was slow because I had had anxiety my whole life and I just didn't know it. I didn't use that label. I didn't even hear anxiety as like a condition you could have until I was like 19. So um, yeah, I had this anxiety and it was just slowly getting worse and worse. And because it was slowly kind of like my descent to rock bottom, as you call it, it, it was so slow that I didn't question it. It just felt normal. So it was like going down, but acclimating every like thousand feet. So it was just like, oh yeah, this is the new normal. Like I, you know, my hair is falling out, but that's normal. And my joints don't really work well anymore, but that's normal. And I don't sleep anymore. I go days and days without sleeping on a regular basis, but that's fine. And I don't really eat anymore either, but that's okay. That's not a problem. And I wake up in the middle of the night, every night screaming or choking on my own screams, but that's okay because, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. That is just how my life is. So it was, and it's like, if you listen to that, it sounds horrifying, but that, yeah was my reality and because it was such a slow descent to that space where all of those things were happening all the time and I was completely addicted to my work like working just yeah like sometimes 18 to 20 hours a day uh, that like space that I was in just felt normal but clearly it was depleting me because I stopped eating miracle i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but man that is an absolute miracle to have been it in it so deeply i mean working 18 to 20 hours a day that is ridiculous <laughs> and and to have been in there so deep to be in the space where your presence now is so calming, so nourishing, inspiring your story. That is the miracle of finding your purpose, wouldn't you say? I think so. And I think it's so sweet, you know, when people describe me as calm. And I laugh when people say that, because I'm like, my goodness, if you met me just three years ago, this was, this wasn't a long time ago. If you met me three years ago, Calm would have been the farthest thought from your mind. I was an absolute anxious mess, like completely burnt out. And yeah, just like, just like the manifestation of pure chaos is what I was. 
it's a testament to to how powerful being connected to your heart and soul and your purpose really is and it is also why i had to coin the term soul health because now you've recovered in three years time where someone that doesn't know your story or doesn't hear it perceives you as very centered very calm there's even like this this well inside of you because you're connected to your purpose and it's just a such a beautiful testament of the work you have done that opened up through the akashic records that's just amazing yeah i think it's the power the transformative power of the akashic records and a simple daily practice because though that's the only two things i did was working with the akashic records and meditation and just doing those two things yeah i almost don't recognize myself these days like when i think back about it it feels like i'm describing or talking about a different person and you know everything that you just shared in your story you don't it is your story but it is unbelievable that so many people are living that exact it's it's a horror story i mean to work yeah. 18 20 hours a day and to to think all of it is normal and how you described it oh it's just acclimatize acclimatizing to the yeah. new, new normal and okay that's normal that's normal no it's not it's got nothing to do with who you are at soul level has nothing to do with your purpose and that you and then now the, the beautiful simplicity in it working with the akashic records and meditation and i know so many listeners are going to relate to how you told your story, how you shared the transformational power of the records. And it is so simple. Where could they find you if they are feeling the calling of their heart and saying, okay, I want to give my purpose a try and I, and meditation is something I can do. Where would they be able to find you? Yeah. My, I think the best place to connect is my website. It's minarucci.com. And I send out a weekly newsletter. And if you want to be in the loop of what I'm doing, what I'm up to, what I'm offering, that's the best place to connect. And I'm also on Instagram. Perfect. And I'm just going to spell your name just so they know. So it's M-E-E-N-A. And Ruchi is R U chi.com and reach out this has been an absolutely amazing testament to you finding the records and turning around something that that in three years in three years such a short amount of time thank you so much for being a guest on soul health mentor thank you so much for having me this was such a delight (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Soul Health Mentor Podcast with Nadia Kraus. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are playing. 